Alright, welcome to the brand new Music Conversation podcast right behind us. I'm your host, Brandon Daniel, of the Seattle band BD and the Sheiks. Right behind us is a conversation between two recording artists. The kind of conversations musicians regularly have backstage in the green room or on the curb outside a show. This is a loose talk about creativity, the narrative of a career, challenges and limitations in music, things that suck and things that are amazing. Today, my guest is Nathan Rodriguez from the band So Pitted. They're about to come out with a new album um, that's being released by Sub Pop. And uh, Nathan's a a really great guy. He's a really sweet guy with uh, an interesting uh, outlook on music. And I'm really excited for you to get to hear him. Before we get into it, I need to tell you about our sponsor today, Blumenstein Audio. Check out Blumenstein Audio for the ultimate fidelity single driver speakers and audio accessories for music lovers. They make the kind of hi-fi speakers that you need to enjoy your records and turntables to the premium level. Since 2006, Blumenstein Audio has handcrafted their fine line of speakers in Washington State out of bamboo and birch woods. They're very good looking, they're very sharp. They've received wonderful reviews from publications like Tone Audio, and they've sold speakers to every continent. Get your 10% discount on Blumenstein's fine products just for being a listener of this podcast. Just enter the promo code BD for Brandon Daniel at BlumensteinAudio.com. That's B-L-U-M-E-N-S-T-E-I-N-Audio.com. All right, now let's listen to a little bit of So Pitted as we start our conversation with Mr. Nathan Rodriguez. conversation ends up getting burnt if we if we keep going <laughs> if we keep going yeah. yeah so um you started out in california right this is where you were that's where you grew up yes and um when did you when did you become musical when did you start playing music i started playing music when i turned 14 or 15 mm-hmm. i lived in edmonds at the time i was going to high school in seattle at ingram in north seattle and at one point i just asked my mom for a guitar Mm -hmm. and she got me one and it was so cool and i got like a really terrible amp with it and i just would go home and i loved making sounds out of it for a long time though i just didn't know how to play it because i was just trying to make sounds and i try to learn songs by ear but uh (laughs) for a long time i thought power chords were like just flat I would oh, like just play bar. just a bar, but like <laughs> yeah. in standard tuning. And yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sounds right. It, so- it totally sounds right. And I remember showing my mom, like, I was like, I learned how to play this Green Day song. And I remember showing her and she was like, I think it's a little off, but it's it's cool. You're in the right direction. And it was like so nice to see how she dealt with that. And uh, But I just kept going for a long time. I, I guess that means I've probably been playing guitar now for about... 13 years and I in my head I've already programmed not programmed but I guess kind of like uh, I think the years zero through five Mm -hmm. are a lot more mechanical Mm. than years five through ten because you're still it's just such a new thing you know yeah you're just like you're so limited in your expression in that and just kind of like figuring it out and like figuring out what you like right and uh there's just so much about guitar playing back then that I was impressed with that I am no longer connected to <laughs> at all. You know, like but you don't, it's not necessarily that you wouldn't be impressed by it. You just don't care anymore. Exactly. You don't yeah. Notice. I know. And it was weird. Cause like, I, it's really strange to say, but I think sex changed that for me. I didn't have sex until I was 19 and oh, that completely changed the way I play guitar. I think. Which is really strange to say. I don't think it's like that for everyone. But I know that's intriguing. I mean, what? 
I don't know. It's like I quit. I think I was like really, I really admired like the technical aspects of guitar mm-hmm. playing before that, like sweeping and like composition yeah. challenges. And that was like really impressive. And I wanted to learn it all. But yeah. then I think once I had sex, I kind of let go of that. <laughs> and it's like, I, I, I still love guitar. I mean, guitar is like, I play guitar every day. Oh, cool. Every day. And it's so great. What do you do on it? Right now, I've been playing lots of chord stuff. I play acoustic guitar most of the time now. Mm-hmm. And I, I just kind of like, I want to learn. I still have so much to learn about what I want to play. Right now, I'm trying to teach myself as many Elliot Smith songs as possible. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. He is such a strange songwriter. Really? Yeah. His songwriting is so weird. It's... So challenging. Yeah, I've never uh, yeah. attempted to play any of. I've been a fan for too long. But. Yeah, there, there's like massive retunings and just like chord structures that are just really adventurous, and mm. it's not the most obvious. You know, mm-hmm. he, he finds a way to like link it to his emotions subtly, mm. and I just kind of like, I guess, in a weird way, it's like I kind of want to just get to know him and like, oh, that's cool by learning his music and. Yeah, it's really cool. So you're I, like, I mean, even though you know music is becoming a career for you, you're in, and you've been, you know, f- uh, working towards that for a long time, very hard. Um, I can say that because I've known you in, around the Seattle scene a bit. But even though that's professionally now, is you're really coming into your own. You're also trying to kind of like keep it a little bit hobbyist. In yeah, that way too. Like absolutely. Still enjoy it in that way, which I personally don't at this point. Really? Yeah. And I don't have a problem with that. I mean, to me, my instruments are blank canvases, and I just, um, just as an analogy. And so when mm. I go to work, I go to work. You know, when I go to, cur- like I've I've never been and actually this is the kind of thing that got got me out of visual arts as a, a younger man. When I go to write, I go with the intention to complete, mm-hmm. and that doesn't always happen, but that's the intention every time. Yeah. So I don't know why I haven't found anyone else that's really so common ground with me on this, but like I I don't like to, I don't like to go into it with just oh well let's just see what happens today. I'm like mm-hmm. I want to have something in my head. I want to go direction immediately when yeah, I finish work, an idea out which will mean some days off mm-hmm. but the reason I asked you why you did why you pick up the guitar every day and why I'm admiring you, you're enjoying being hobbyist with Elliot Smith and just enjoying playing stuff is because I don't um I don't do that yeah uh but but what 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 other are there other examples that you have where you just like I'm just playing for the enjoyment of it well, I guess I do. It is like a weird, if I could think, if I can compare, it's almost like my version of schooling, mm. I think. I'm really, I think beyond anything, I'm probably most familiar with music theory. Mm. I taught myself music theory as I was playing guitar Whoa. when I was growing up from Wikipedia. And uh, I just kind of compared it to any song I would ever learn. And now I feel like I pretty... A pretty good grasp on it. It's not like I'm not really into reading sheet music, but more just in a kind of composition mm. familiarity. And there are so many things I've learned from learning music mm-hmm. that I have take like re adapted for my own songwriting uh-huh. that I would have never guessed. I would have never guessed I would have been able to use that later. And so I guess I'm going into this with the uh, ulterior motive that I will be able to reappropriate some of what I've learned now, years from now. Mm. I think uh, that happens so much where uh, there are things that, you know, I don't really understand immediately. And it takes me years, years of like reflection to like figure out how I really feel about that. Yeah. Uh, An example... And so pitted at one point, I think I was just kind of went through this phase where I just like was eating a lot of weed cookies and I really Mm. let go of a lot of like ideas and feelings of like 
keeping myself together professionally for my band or whatever. And I started messing around with uh, dropped A tunings. Like I would down, I just down tuned my guitar string, my my low E, all the way to A. Jeez. So my guitar set, my guitar strings would be A A D G B, mm-hmm. and now it's just it's so bizarre because I've written so much music on that tuning, and I only ever learned that tuning from learning a Muse song, like when I was hmm. sixteen. Uh, they have the song called Citizens Erased, mm-hmm. and. He plays it on a seven-string guitar, but I saw this guitar tab back then from another fan who's like, you don't have to... I know a way you could play it without a seven-string guitar. You could just down-tune your, your bottom string on your uh, on your standard guitar, and you could play the song. Like, here's yeah. a, a, an appropriation of that. And, you know, it was funny. And at the time, it was, like, kind of shitty. You know, I, didn't, I wasn't that good <laughs> at it. Yeah. Uh, but I would have never had that idea mm. to even like that awareness to play in that tuning if it hadn't been for learning that song. And mm. I am here now and half of the record that I will be releasing next year is in that tuning. And it's like... How did that work on the road for you? How it work on the road? Yeah, when you were playing... Um, well, you guys just went out with Grave Babies mm-hmm. and did a West Coast tour. And how did that, that I mean, like, do you keep two different guitars? We have two different guitars. Yeah. I used to tune during my set and it wasn't really a problem. Uh, I definitely noticed my first guitar warping. It definitely oh. warped the neck. Whoa. Because it's just, I'm, I retune it multiple times a set. Yeah. You know, and I was like, this is kind of rough. But uh, I kind of mentioned it offhandly to my drummer's dad. At one show, I was like, I have plans to get another guitar. And I've tried other, other guitars, but for tone distribution, I really like Dan Electros, at least mm. for the type of music I play. Like, they have really good lows, but really good highs. Right. I feel like I've played other nicer guitars that just don't do lows that well. Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, and it's different from person to person, but, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I have some actually great experiences with cheap guitars that yeah. had great tonal pickups mm-hmm. i think definitely my looking at it like just the the sustain and like presence is like maybe the downside to that mm, yeah because it's just that's like my trade-off like i just can't i like what if i hit a string or hit a note on a nicer guitar, it might sustain for 15 seconds. Yeah. Where in mine, like, it's starting to go away in five. Mm. And that's, like, that's there's what o- it is. There's other ways to combat that, though. There are. Yeah. There are, but I guess... I'm not really sure how I want to do that yet. Mm. Because it's, like, with that, with combating that, it's a whole... You open up another, like, uh, portal of, like, variables... Are you gear, are you a gear guy at all? I am and I'm not at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, like I definitely care. I'm very particular. But oh, then okay. I am very particular about what I like, but I don't really need a whole lot. I feel mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I feel like what I need is pretty straightforward. Like pedal board, no pedal board. I should probably set up a pedal board, but I have three pedals on my yeah. setup, so it's yeah. like I'm right there at where it's like. I don't have enough pedals to really need one yet. Yeah, uh-huh. but I'm like, I mean, it, no, nice. I, I have this. I've had the same setup for like, uh, I've been switching between three and four pedals, which includes my tuner as a pedal. Uh-huh. Yeah, for years, and and so instead of going out and buying like you know one of the pre-manufactured pedal boards, I just took a piece of steel, took it down, and got it cut to the size that I needed to fit in my briefcase. And put those three pedals on oh, there. Oh, it's great. And it's so great. I never lose my pedal board because I, you know. It's always there. Yeah. It's like as much of one of the instruments as anything else to me. But like you, I, d- I don't have a big complicated setup. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Uh, oh, I didn't finish. Tight. I have a second guitar now. Our, our drummer's dad bought me another guitar. He bought me a new oh. Dan Electro. It's amazing. Oh. He just did it. After I said that to him, oh, he just bought me a guitar and nice. gave it to me. That's cool. It was so cool. And have you have you thought about playing that um, one like Aaron had the the Dan Electro uh, Barry? 
The Veritone? I check it out, but there is something about using a standard guitar, like a not baritone guitar, as a, kind of as a baritone, that yeah. makes it just the tone. The tone is like, it just makes, I if I can compare it to anything, it reminds me of late 80s, early 90s video games. And there's like sound effects for like characters or creatures in lots mm-hmm. of those video games. And it's like before audio could like real audio could be imported into I don't know, digital information. So it's just yeah. like these weird MIDI sounds and it's like a bark. Mm. I remember like a dog bark would be like this weird like wow wow. Mm. And it kinda of, that's like it does this weird thing where it's just like the shape of sound totally changes. Because it's like warping. It's like warping yeah. the guitar. It's like this isn't the guitar is like this isn't supposed to be like this. <laughs> yeah. And it's so because I do it on other guitars and it just doesn't sound the same. Yeah. When I down tune like that, it's yeah. I'm very lucky to have it work out the way it did. You know, and it's like there's a lot of decimal, <laughs> a mm. lot of decimal aspects to it for me that like I hold on to. Uh, I feel like a lot of the gear I have has been like handed to me by very like just various important people in my life. Mm. Like the guitar I have, I've had. You know, my mom gave it to me when I was, I don't know, 19, when I turned 19. Uh, the distortion pedal I use for my band, I love. It's so good, but it's so cheap. It's so cheap. It's one what of the worst. It? It's a hmm, It's a Digitech death metal pedal. Oh, yeah. It's I one of those, those preset ones. Yeah. 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 And, uh, it's, I mean, brand new. They cost like $40. They're so cheap. And I remember when I got it, I was like 15 or 16, and my mom gave it to me. And I was like so bummed out because I was like, Mom, I'm into punk. I'm not into death metal. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was like, oh, I want something else. And I tried making it work, and just everything sounded so crappy. It sounded so bad. The settings, the only settings it has on there is volume, low, mid, and high. It's always that That's max all you gain. Need, though. That's yeah, like, yeah. It's just like once you turn it on, it's max gain. It has so much feedback, and I didn't know what to do with that back then. I had no idea of like EQ. Yeah. Back then, and just kind of put it in like a crate mm. for like seven or eight years, and I like got other nicer pedals eventually, and was messing around with those, and I broke them eventually. I broke break most stuff I have, and. I pulled it back out one day. I was like, let's just see what this is like. I haven't used it in so long. I remember mm. it being so crappy, but it's kind of funny, whatever. And I just, I played around with the settings on it for a few days. And I found this one setting where I turned the low all the way up and the mid and high all the way down. And it turned into this totally different thing. That's so funny when you, uh, and this is, maybe this comes from knowing your sound a little bit, but I, don't profess to, to know it that well, but when you told me about that, um, that that's what you use, that's pretty much exactly where my mind went. Yeah. I just went, oh yeah, if you turn the lows up really you know, high on that and then just kind of took everything out, yeah, I could get a crazy sound out of it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it just got, it became so deep to yeah. me. It was like such a deep sound that, and I'm like, I, it just seemed so... I just liked it so much. That's cool. I, I wanted to hold on to it. Uh-huh. And yeah. And I use that ever since. And it's just, it, especially with like, uh, in collaboration with our, with my other, with the other guitarist in our band, it's just, it's like a, ba- a tone balance that I am addicted to. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah. You're bringing the low. And yeah. And there's so much room for, whatever mm-hmm. they want to do with it too yeah that's cool um so i i think that's funny is i i uh i feel camaraderie there because i get i can tell you know you get like for lack of a better word like a bit precious about the the, the sound that you enjoy and and that's how i feel and it's just like it's very easy to explain to somebody if they are a gearhead uh-huh. You can just explain to them that you're not one and that you just have these things that get you the sound that you want. Because yeah. a lot of times they'll come up and kind of over explain their knowledge of it and then want you to explain in detail your knowledge of it. <laughs> it's more just like 
this is just this is just what I do. This is what I work on and mm-hmm. the way I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I I have one quick question about that E string, the low E, feeling like a uh, or you know tuned to an A. Does it feel sort of similar to um, like nylon strings? You know how the nylon, like a, a classical guitar, will just have that flex to the, yeah, the strings. Yeah, it definitely does. It's like pretty. It's like relaxed. It's so mm-hmm. relaxed, mm-hmm. and it's 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 weird because it's a trade off. It's a weird trade off. I definitely noticed where, because with the that shape, uh, the shape of a power chord is no longer a root to a fifth. It turns into a root to a ninth, mm. and it's so much less aggressive in a weird way and it's just a trade-off because you get like so much more lower you get so much more lower and people like automatically are like man that's like heavier that's like so much it's badass but then mm. it's actually kind of like thinner in a whole other way like it's hard you can't play a power chord right i can't play a power chord in this tuning it's just not possible not off the well it's like not possible well, to play yeah. it like in that and it's without that like reinforcement from the fifth, it just isn't as deep in that way. Mm-hmm. And it just opens up. But like with that sacrifice, it opens up so many other opportunities. Yeah. Like uh, just like chord shapes I've never considered. Well, it's really cool because you can you can play since you have two strings right next to each other that are the same tuning. I can imagine that you probably get a lot of enjoyment out of making that low A string just kind of ring open in a lot more places than it would normally. Yeah. It's it's just so... You can go back and forth with that. Uh, one... I guess like I, since uh, it's like a low A to a high A, mm-hmm. so they're separated by an octave, uh, I've just gotten to play with a lot of harmonies that I wouldn't have that other guitar strings don't really put next to each other. Yeah. Typically they're separated by, you know, fifth or uh, even a third or fourth sometimes. I'm sorry. Mm. They're separated by a fourth or a third. And uh, in this tuning, I just get a lot more like the easiest intervals to play next to each other in this tuning are sevenths and ninths. And, it's just really nice to build the foundation of a chord off of that. Mm. It's just like it's it's really interesting. I I had never considered some harmonies. Yeah, it's just it. It just makes mm-hmm. me. It's like a different perspective, forces yeah. perspective on yeah. you. Well, and with that perspective, I can imagine that that is that will evolve for you. I mean, it, of course, it would for anyone. But since you you've been adventurous with this particular one that's given you a lot of good material you know means that probably come next record or whatever you're going to be looking for another one that's going to be giving you a source for good material it definitely feels like a crutch a little bit now that i'm here and i love it you're going to need three guitars (laughs) yeah you know there's times where i feel like yeah it's like i really like this but i feel like i should definitely just keep looking keep Mm. looking for other things and uh I mean, there's other, you know, I'm just learning about other tunings and just seeing how I like them and like what I could even do with it. There's some that are so unfamiliar to me. Elliot Smith uses like open C Mm -hmm. for some of his songs and that's really strange. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's just different shapes of like chords. Yeah. And it's, uh, still don't know how I feel about it. But it's like interesting to learn still. Well, it's good that you have the theory with working for you because that gives you an awareness of of how to, well, an awareness and an ability to just be adventurous with tunings. Yeah. Whereas, like, I try, I went through a phase where I tried being adventurous about tunings, and it seemed to suit me, and I enjoyed it. But then, like, I didn't want to learn any other songs in it and everything because of that idea that I, I had to flip around my whole awareness of my fingering structure. Uh-huh. You know, so it's just like, uh, I, I just would get into it and then I'd, I'd quickly run away yeah. and, and, and into creative land, not, not wanting to, to learn anymore. I guess I'm like really interested in sometimes, it's like I, I'll learn songs like this. I'll be playing in tunings and then I kind of just want to do this thing where I play guitar as if I don't know how to play guitar 
yeah. I try to get into that headspace where it's like I'm just like looking for just like an accident, a weird accident mm-hmm. that it's like I just don't I didn't expect that. Yeah, you know? that's cool. That's really cool. Um when you get into so having discussed the fact that you you'll play guitar every day. Uh-huh. Um you know, when you get into your writing uh, how how does that come about? Like, let's just say, for instance, use last week as an example, and you've got, you know, f- let's just pick five of the of the weekdays, and and so five, all five of the weekdays, you're playing guitar. Yes. How are you switching into creative mode? What what sparks you off into that direction? It happens pretty sporadically. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, I mean, this entire. I think in the t- entire year of like 2014, I wrote like one song. Oh wow! I I probably wrote like a lot of different riffs, yeah, and parts. But I don't know. I feel like I'm exploring for a lot of things, like constantly. And I get to a certain point with some things where I just I'm just like it doesn't feel the way I want it to feel. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that I'm trying to replicate and this is cool, but it's not that. Right. And I'll just like, kind of, I'll remember it. I have a pretty good memory mm. at like remembering like pitch and, and performance. So I couldn't usually pull something back if I, you know, want to touch onto it later. Right. Uh, but I'm always like kind of working with ideas, but right now I kind of like, I guess I have like ideas of like what kind of songs I want to do, but I know that I don't know enough about that kind of performing mm. and songwriting to do that yet. Mm-hmm. And it's not like the most eminent thing because I'm still working pretty hard on preparing our record release. Yeah. So that's like keeping me occupied in a whole nother way. So I try not to worry about it too much. I guess well, like, how is that keeping you prepared in a different way? See, if I were preparing to finish my record, I'd be, I'd be writing a lot. Well, I mean, we're already done with the music. And oh, everything. you've got all that. All of it's been recorded. Oh, okay. It's it's like fully done, and cool. now it's more the superficial aspects of like sure. packaging, yeah. press stuff, and yeah. so forth. And that's you know, in a weird way, it's kind of arresting because it's like those songs are finally done. It's kind of crazy, like the way the world of a song opens up Mm -hmm. because the song can exist outside of the recording, you know, because someone can sing that song on their own and it's still part of that song. It's Mm -hmm. part of that world. And the way a song can exist to a band is so it's limitless in a weird way. Like in in the aspect of like, I remember watching this YouTube video, the meat puppets practicing and I could just hear them playing some of their songs and they were just playing them and they would just stop. They would just stop and like one person will still be playing. And it's like this, they're like traveling through the world of that song, but it's like parts of the song I've never heard before. Yeah. So there's like, so even when you listen to a song, there's just so much more than you'll ever hear. It's like deconstructing the cells. Yeah. 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 And Hmm. Don't really know where I was going with that, but oh, it was kind of on the tip of of what being in creative preparation mode for the aesthetic of the album release is doing to you musically right now, and it's just you said it's kind of arresting. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, I guess I'm just like kind of stuck in that still, like thinking mm-hmm. about those songs like mm-hmm. those songs like still exist in this weird way of like i had one guy at the at the offices who was talking about our song a song that he liked and i heard him sing it and it just shook me in a weird way i'd never heard anyone sing one of our songs right and that was like <laughs> yeah. weird and it just like really like opened up a lot of different ideas of like how songs work i mean even in karaoke Mm-hmm. You know, people will like sing a song and a karaoke version is like kind of like off a little bit, but it's still in that world, which is really strange to think about. Like, so I think about the world of music that I want to create mm-hmm. and I'm just kind of working towards that at no real 
I don't know, no real, what's the word? There's no real time limit or like arrival. I'm just kind of like exploring right now. I agree, although I found like the times when you do kind of get put under pressure to get something done that I've actually enjoyed you know the immediateness of that like yeah. if, if if someone puts me under a time constraint I, i've actually enjoyed it but other than that i'm i'm with you like the rest of the time i'm just sort of like in in la la land allowing my mind to come up with original content yeah that i know will pay off in the future you know if you just let your mind stretch and just let it keep going like you know it's gonna pay off mm-hmm. you don't have to force yourself to be in writing mode every single day yeah i, I certainly don't I've met artists like that, really great artists, but that's just not for me. I kind of like allow things to flux but, or, and flex. But um, when you were on tour this time with, uh, we were talking, kind of going back to what we were talking about in the beginning about your guitar playing and how you feel like it's growing and and everything, and the 13 years of it, the five years, how those felt and, and the years since. Um, isn't it sort of wonderful when you're when you're doing uh, you know ten plus dates back to back and you're you're performing every night? The way it feels to play guitar when you are playing live every night, like there's this. It's more than familiarity. It's a it's the kind of loot. It's akin to the kind of looseness that you explained your your you know, low A is having. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you can play you that thing no matter what. Yeah. And then the beauty of that is creative, new create creations start to w- work their way into the song, you know, without you even trying. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Yeah. It's, it's really strange. It's like, that's the most exciting part about playing a new song live is there's parts of it, you know, like I'll have this idea of like, it's going to be this way. Mm-hmm. And after playing it live, there's just like these weird sporadic thoughts that will occur. It just starts changing and warping in a weird way. And I guess it's like, you're so it's like almost like in a metaphor, it's like you're walking through this world and this is the world of that song. And there's just like, at first, you know, it's like you're going to like this restaurant in that world. And there's like these items on the menu you really like and you're going back to them every time. But then you're still going to the same restaurant, but this time you're getting something else to eat. And something like, off the menu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's like a little different. And it's but it's still that world. You know, it's yeah. still that song, but it's like different, very there's like different ways to present it. Mm. And it's really cool. For a while I was like really into performing the songs, I, you know, like when I said in 2014, I wrote like one song. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest trade-off for that was uh, performance. I've worked on my performance, like how I could be a stronger performer in that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. I feel like my singing is like something I focus on a lot. And just like, yeah, performing sharply mm-hmm. and how I want to perform. Now, I've, I, you know, sometimes I'm like, I could do anything I want, but what is it? If I could do anything I want, what do I, what do I want to do? Totally. And so it's kind of nice to have that now. Like I could just work on that. Uh, when you're saying like that, playing playing those days back to back, and that there's that feeling of playing guitar all the time. Actually, the more like from what I got from tours, like the I play guitar every day, anyways. Mm-hmm. But the, I don't sing like that every day. Yeah. And so singing, singing like that every day, that frequently was just such a wild experience. I thought yeah. it was going to be more exhausting and more, I don't know, unenjoyable, but it's actually, I felt stronger. It energizes it. you. Yeah. 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 And you can't, I mean, there's different schools of thought around this, but I'm of the school of thought of like, I mean, don't over talk you're in the van like don't talk your day don't talk your singing voice away uh-huh. which is hard to do because sometimes we're having a lot of fun conversation in the in the van yeah. but at the same time don't be so precious about your voice because 
from my experience, like the moment that you do, this is when you get a cold. <laughs> you know, and then you're really screwed. Yeah. You wasted your time being precious about it. And it's like it's just gonna be what it's going to be and Exactly. Yeah. It's like I guess like I kind of feel like that with everything where I'm gonna be whatever I'm gonna be. And that's mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I've had friends give me constructive criticism after a show, like, you guys are great. That was a really good show. You know, uh it'd be really cool if you guys could set up a little faster. Oh, you know, like that's something like good. that. That's good. That's like, I mean, it's good. It's, I mean, it's like, I appreciate anyone saying anything. Yeah. But in my perspective, honestly, that's part of the show. That's part of the show. It's like, <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, that's like part of it. They get to see us hanging out and preparing our set. <laughs> and yeah. uh, if that takes away from our set time or whatever, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we could play five songs. It'll be fine. But uh, It's better sometimes. Yeah. Depending on who you are in the audience. Yeah, yeah. And it's so, you know, it's just going to be whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, I think about how freeing playing music is. Mm-hmm. The last thing I want to do with it is cage myself into like having it, it has to be a certain way, you know, because then that will just turn into a cage. And You're I don't right. want to feel like that. No, cages are not good for creativity. No, not What's at all. good about your mentality as far as where I'm sitting is that that to me over and over and over is is the resounding like most positive message for an artist to have in or attitude for an artist to have in their mind is is just letting it be the way it is. Uh-huh. That's what causes creativity. Yeah. All the other pressures and everything, it's not like you have to fight them all. Again, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to be preachy. It just kind of comes off that way. But like, it's like, it's just all part of my understanding of this stuff myself is, it, is we're constantly evolving, you know? Yeah. And it's just like where I am at now, it's like so so much of the, the controls I was trying to put on things in, in, in my evolution in the past, I don't, now I get to not do those now because I'm aware of the fact that they just kind of fuck things up. Yeah. And they ruin creativity. I think with that whole year of 2014, it was a really strange year of my life. Uh, it led to a really good year in your life, though. Too. It was great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot, it was like a lot of hard work, but it was a huge trade-off in a lot of ways. I think in that year, I was like, man, I want to make... I was so proud of what I've been able to do musically mm-hmm. that I was like, I want to make my band the most important part of my life. But then with that, it just totally threw everything else in my life out of balance. Not even like chaotically that bad. I have a good life. Yeah. But it was just, you know, like it, it came at a compromise of like friendships or like love or, oh. you know, professional like aspects or, you know, like working. And it's at a certain point I was like, I thought about it and I didn't, I think... I don't think that this is my life. It's just a part of my life. Mm. Like my whole life is so much more in my band. My band is just a, it's just a, you know, a spot of it. Yeah. Part I of it. And yeah. I thought about when I wrote most of these songs, I was, you know, I was working all the time and just kind of doing whatever I wanted to. And these things happen. I didn't really think they, you know, they didn't happen when I was like, treating my band like a career they didn't happen when i was like enforcing practice or and, you know like, i was trying to work less mm-hmm. i was like i don't, I don't want to work at a job as much because i want i'd rather just play music mm-hmm. and you know just just different things and i don't really i thought that's the way i wanted to be for a second and it's cool because you know i got during that time like we got a record deal mm-hmm. uh you know that that's hella tight. Uh, I'm a stronger performer. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I got everything I wanted from that. But, like, it's just, you know, the, the rounded picture of that, what I got. Yeah. What I sacrificed for that. Yeah. And it was cool, but I don't need to do that still. Yeah. So, yeah, like, like you said, like, I can recognize the full... You can be a professional with, uh, as, as especially as a as an artist, you can be a professional without being a slave driver. Yeah, to yourself or others. 
you know, so that's, that's the cool thing about where you are now, just kind of having that perspective on it, whatever 2014 did for you. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, that was a strange time. It was cool. I think I was just getting used to a lot of different ways of being in a band. Mm. I was like so impressed with myself and that's cool, but it definitely put me in a weird place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, typically being impressed with yourself will put you in a weird place. And I don't mean that in a negative way at all, mm. but it's just like, you know, but I think what was on the other side of it, it's sort of like a, a, a slingshot pulled back moment in life. Yeah. You know, and you're inevitably going to be launched, you know, <laughs> out of that. And it's just like when when you're launched out of it, then, you know, you're, you're feeling the, the, the free... Uh, the freeing feeling of, of, of flying and but eventually you land somewhere and where you land is is has a lot to do with like I think this metaphors is going really far but where, yeah. where you put your feet you know yeah. where you land exactly so, it's like yeah. you choose where you land mm -hmm. uh, I recognize that I I've made a lot of choices to get where I am mm -hmm. and there's things I could choose to be upset about, but that those are my choices. Sure. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things I could choose to be upset about, but I, I wanted that. Mm. Yeah. At one point I decided to have what I have mm -hmm. and knowing that, yeah, it's just nice to know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to know that. Like, <laughs> that means, okay, I can choose, I can choose what I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yes, now I get uh, a little more time to think about what I want. Yeah. Good for you, man. Um, there's a one, there was this one thing that you said about your voice. And I just wanted to relate to you on it. It's like, there was this moment. It's like, oh, what am we at now? Like, um, 11, 11 years of being a recording artist. Uh huh. And there was this moment that I had a week ago where um this guy um oh i remember what it was relating to is relating to when the the guy at the label singing your song back to you and it shook you up and you're like well gave you new perspective um so i was doing this vocal take and i'd been singing the day singing the song all day long and um and then at the end i was like oh i had this idea to just sing it really uh low and raspy uh -huh. as like a as like a technique just a textural thing like not not a technique just just for texture just yeah and when i did that um i got a new voice that in you know 20 years of singing and and, and 11 years of recording i didn't know that i had oh that's so cool it was like a first you know i can't even believe it like still now and i go Oh, I'm gonna hang on to that and use it, you know, from now on. Yeah. But there are there's even in the voice, there's so many things that you just you get to keep when you're staying open. You know, you it's amazing. I mean, discovering. it's you could do anything you want with your voice. You just have to try. Mm -hmm. And like like that's the thing. You tried to do something different, and you got something different. And it came out of that being open, being creative, not being caged. Yeah. In my thinking, because honestly, my reaction when they said, do you want, do you have anything else you want to do? And I was kind of fried from working all day. And so, uh, you know, on, on the song. Yeah. So I'm like, creatively for me, no. And then I went upstairs and got a drink and I was like listening to, I was listening to a podcast. And then I came downstairs and I go, the producer was still working on the song. And I'm like, Let's just try this texture thing. Mm -hmm. Fucking totally different voice. That's so good. It's like the eleventh channel. It's so. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's. Really it's I think it. It's like you, you just have to try. I definitely. There's like things I'm trying to. I don't know. I didn't feel like for a long time. I just kind of ripped myself off, and I was like, maybe I could yell a lot and stuff. But I didn't feel like I could sing. Mm -hmm. But I'm like trying to sing a lot more, like to myself. Like, like I used to feel like I would never be a good singer, but mm. I don't know why i need to be like that uh i kind of gave myself this weird i do karaoke i did karaoke last night mm -hmm. and i'm going through this phase where i just i'm doing all radiohead songs 
and I just do a different one every time mm -hmm. to make myself do all of them. They're mm -hmm. all so hard. Not like so hard, but there's like not oh, really the voice that yeah. yeah, not the voice I feel like I have. A lot but of falsetto. It's like, and then also I only do them once, so it's not like I get chances to get them perfect. <laughs> it's like I just gotta try this time. And it's so cool. It's so cool what I can you know, there's moments where it's awful. It's awful. Mm. I'm like, damn, this really sucks right now. But there's times where I impressed myself where it's like I, I was able to do something just because I tried. Mm -hmm. You know, like I was like and especially now that I've done, I've done, a, I'm like almost done doing all the ones that are karaoke. Mm -hmm. And I probably, I've done like 15 different ones. And I'm like starting to get the hang of it more now. Mm -hmm. of like just certain parts, like how he uses his voice. And I guess like I don't stress out so much about like making it exactly like him, like Tom York's voice. Mm -hmm. But I try, I guess I try to put it like, okay this is my song like mm. how would i sing this song if it was me mm. like this is me like right now singing so mm. instead of like like i still try to get like pitch relatively correct but like yeah i don't know it's just it's pretty interesting like to try to sing the song like yourself uh -huh. and it's so cool it's just so nice to feel my voice like that i'm and playing, I've been playing a lot of acoustic guitar lately, and I sing a lot more now with mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like just with my band, I perform constantly with like a wall of volume behind me, mm. and it's like it's so easy. It's so easy to scream when there's like so much sound around you. It's not like it's not so uh, jarring. Yeah. And when I sing with an acoustic guitar, it's just, there's so much less to hide behind. Right. And it's kind of cool. It's, it's really, like having really sex cool. with the lights off and with the lights on. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good way of saying it. Yeah, I was and, trying to figure <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I was trying to figure out my best sex analogy. That's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so weird. And at first I hated it, but then it's so cool. Mm -hmm. It's so cool to try to find different ways to make my voice work with just a guitar that's not louder than my voice. Like my voice... If I try, it's louder than my acoustic guitar. Sure. You know, yeah. and it's nice to try to do that, to not be afraid of my mm. own voice. I think that's like a huge problem. How I, I mean, I had this. I, I remember these thoughts where like I would talk in their mic and hear my voice and instantly pull back. Mm. Like, oh, what? That's not how I sound. But actually, mm. that is how you sound. That is, yeah. that is how you sound. And yeah. you can, if you can recognize and get over that and just try to make your voice sound the way you want it to. Yeah, you can do anything. You yeah, just gotta totally. try. You totally. gotta keep trying, and it's like, it's so amazing, uh, knowing that. Like I, I remember, I was discouraged. I remember realizing that, and then I was discouraged by trying certain vocal parts. And at one point, I just like kind of went off the deep end, and I, I kind of like learned how to scream in a whole new way, and it's mm. so cool. It's so cool. I mm -hmm. I can never unlearn that. Yeah. I always have it now. And it's like not even really that straining. It's, yeah. But it's and it's so natural to me. I, and it, it just happened. It wasn't always like this. It was, it's like something that happened within the it's class. Like a, it's like a falsetto kind of scream where you don't like have to stretch, like break your throat down for it. Yeah. It definitely, it mm -hmm. doesn't feel like that. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel like I'm like tearing my throat apart. Yeah. But it definitely feels like texturally and like tonally like wild. Mm. it feels so good and it feels unusual That's cool. and I feel proud of it. Like I can stand by that and I'm like, I don't think many people could do this. Like I do it. Mm. And uh, maybe not. I mean, everybody's a, you know, totally different instrument. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but I guess like one thing I'm kind of coming off of is like a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of the songs and music I wrote, around that transformation was based around my feelings of anger and hate. Mm -hmm. And I don't really feel the same about anger and hate as I did when I wrote that. So, I, I mean, I'm still completely connected to these songs. These songs like have the meaning of them has just grown so much more since I've like started, since I've wrote them originally. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, but you could still make the music that you make. You can make music like, 
the aesthetic of your band right now mm-hmm. with it with like love as the topic i mean yeah. it, it doesn't have to be about hate to get the heaviness and the grind and the aesthetic that you've already created you could still do that and mix in these new feelings mm-hmm. and that would be its own fascinating thing i think my feelings now that i kind of want to like showcase if i could are it's hard to explain but being appearing to be seemingly weak mm. and weak and pathetic but at the same time it's like from a place of like complete power and like mm. strength mm. and so it's like be feeling so powerful and strong that i can be as pathetic and vulnerable as i want because i know i could be and nothing could possibly go wrong right or at least you know i'm gonna live right and so I guess I'm just trying to find the best way. I'm still like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out like what that's going to sound like to me. Right. Well, that's a really cool road to be on. Yeah. Yeah. I thank you so much for talking with me. It's no been, problem. It's been really, really nice. And I, I knew it would be uh, knowing you over the years. I'm very happy for you with um, how things are going for you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. that was cool enjoyed talking with nathan you can uh find links to his music with so pitted in the description section of this podcast as well as on our twitter page which has the handle at right behind us spelled with a w go support and make music profitable again so you can hear more from these talented musicians for pics of our guests look up bd and the sheiks on instagram thanks for listening remember to subscribe on your podcast app We have much more coming soon. And this is Brandon Daniel saying, don't ever let anyone convince you that the way you think isn't special.